Hey, cats and kittens. A quick note before we get started. At some point during this episode, we tease an episode, an interview with Tim Royers about Nebraska educational policy that is not out yet. Part of the reason for that is that Chuck decided to get into a fight with a semi-truck on the highway. Don't worry, he's going to be okay. But you're going to have to wait for that episode. So in the meantime, please do enjoy the one that we recorded, and we'll see you again here very soon. Three, two, one, let's go. listening to the liquid flannel podcast thanks for being back with us i'm matthew hodges coming at you from the beautiful dallas fort worth metroplex very springtime right now and my colleague in omaha nebraska as always is brendan williams brendan it's nice to be with you thanks man uh hopefully i sound all right dealing with a little bit of the seasonal allergies i took some uh day quill though struggling powering through took some day quill and some NyQuil, just gonna make them fight, see who wins. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so so we're we're in for an incredibly lucid episode here. <laughs> uh, our uh, our co-host Chuck is on sabbatical for a little bit. He's working on a very special episode, which will probably come out before this one. So maybe I shouldn't even tease it. Yeah, if you uh, didn't check our last episode, you know, go back in the feed and, and check it out because uh, we interviewed Tim Royers, twenty. 16 or was it 2017 2016 2016 nebraska teacher of the year uh talked about some education stuff so that was pretty sweet uh go go check that one out if you didn't listen to it yet but um yeah we got uh we got a lot of stuff to talk about lots of stuff going on in the news lately uh as always yeah yeah absolutely well and uh i don't know you want to get the kind of the uglier stuff out of the way i mean it, it seems like it'd be nice to kind of start low and then move through oh, that's right. chaos I mean, into, into something nice. The the national news is, is of course, uh, at, I, you know, I, I always think maybe it's at its fever pitch, but it just seems to just have no end in no, escalation. It's just, a, just, just it, if you do what I do and just walk around all day or anytime you're looking at Twitter or like your Google news feed or whatever and just hear... Um, you know, like circus music, any any calliope piece, uh, the man on the flying trapeze helps a lot, I find, to just, you know, set the tone that, you know, this this thing we're living through right now is the biggest freak yeah. show in the world. I mean, I thought you were saying, like, you could just hear it, and I think I'm om- I'm almost there. I'm on the verge oh, no, of just I do. being able to hear it, just walking around, just reverberating throughout the, the whole nation. <laughs> right. <laughs> well... One one of the events of the past week finally wrapped up uh, a couple of days ago with the conclusion of, or hopefully the the final conclusion of the um, Austin, Texas, Austin and San Antonio, I think, Texas uh, bomb escapade, the bomb. What word am I looking for? Terrorism. Bombing spree. I think is the yeah. word. Okay. Look- but apparently mm-hmm. not. Uh, if if you're the Trump administration. <laughs> well, and no, actually, that's a. I'm glad you brought that up. So, so they finally did. Uh, they they narrowed it down to who they thought it was. They pursued the guy. It looks like he uh, detonated an explosive in his car. He's dead now. Well, let me um, hold on. Let me guess. This was clearly radical Muslims, right? 
Uh, no. Uh, I'll Wait, give you. Hold- I'll give you two more guesses. Okay. Though. Well, then it was. It, then it had to be like Bernie Sanders, uh, like Antifa socialist, uh, social justice it, warriors. Yeah, I think. It, it, Antifa super soldiers. Yeah. Um. No. What? Um, no. That's. I mean. That's. That's a decent guess. Was it? Uh, but was it Hillary Clinton? It. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brendan. You went. You went three for three. No, uh, it turns out that I don't, this was. This doesn't a, make any sense. No, I know. It turns out that this was a a young white man um, who was homeschooled in a conservative Christian household and um, expressed conservative views on any of the social media that anybody's ever been ever been able to trace to him. So, no, I'm sorry. You you get no points on that exercise, but. Um, no, it looks like uh, this is another case of young, angry, possibly radicalized white man. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was since, I mean, okay, so so the police, to the extent that you can trust the police, I think the, the Austin PD probably are among some of the better people in terms of, and especially over the, the course of this thing, they've been okay on transparency Except for the time that they thought that the first guy, um, the black musician who got blown up, was a suspect in the case. That was that was a terrible misstep. Um, but they've they've watched. A, apparently, there's a 25 minute video out there of this guy, and yeah, he like they saved say it to his phone or whatever when he was like gonna like he knew that the police were onto him or something, so he like recorded a video on his phone or whatever right so they're they're taking it as a confession but they've said there's not really anything explicitly political on it so now i i first of all i can't who is making that determination right okay no that's no they haven't released the video we just have descriptions of the video from the police so i'm not really sure like i don't know how they can characterize this video in that way when this dude is literally bombing people and it seemed like he was targeting people of color so it did there at the beginning for sure um so you had there were two explosions um at one of them was at a a fairly well known in their community uh black family's house um i don't remember where the second one went off but it was another person of color the next one that went off ended up being the tripwire one that hit a couple of it was like white dudes who were like walking their bicycles, I think was the thing. And I don't think we know yeah, who that the, was... he, he tried to mail some of them. And I don't know that we know who those were intended for. So it's kind of hard to trace. Uh, I mean, certainly the first two targets make it look like it's a, you know, racial, uh, you know, racial violence that he's committing. Um, so then I guess the question is, you know, we're, were the two uh, cyclists, right. were they people who were in minority neighborhoods, or did he just decide to mix it up a little bit? Well, and see, that's the thing that drives me crazy is that, you know, we joked about like, well, surely this is Muslims. Strangely, Trump has really jumped to that conclusion a lot. Um, when there's terrorist attacks, <laughs> right. uh, you know, he'll immediately start going out there and being like, oh, we got to shut down the borders and stuff. For this one, he kept really silent on it, which was kind of strange. Um, that he wouldn't go out and say anything about it, you know, just on the off chance that it was some Muslims and he could use yeah, it to sure. justify he, his policies. 
He does tend to jump in before any real information is known on the ground and just, you know, use it to, right. to rile up his base. So, but, no, that's that's a good observation. But that's the thing is that, you know, if it's a Muslim, that's it. That's the, it's like investigation over. Right. Like, oh, that guy was a Muslim. He 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 did some terrorism. He was a Muslim like case closed. <laughs> you right. know, we don't need to dig into this any further. But when it's this conservative white guy, they're like, well, hey, like, let's not jump to conclusions and say that this is political where it's like, well, we know that this dude has like blogs where he, you know, blogs about how much he hates abortion and how much he hates gays. But then they still well, kind are doing of, okay. everything I mean, let's, let's, they can to distance themselves from saying this is politically motivated terrorism, which it is. It it, it well, totally is. Let's let's be fair about that though, because the blog posts that have been revealed are, I mean, they're they were written by a high school kid who was sort of, I mean, they're just sort of milquetoast conservative positions. He does, right. he's not advocating well, that's true. for. In fact, he even says, you know. I, I'm posting my opinions here, though I recognize that I don't know as much about these issues as I would need to to like be able to defend them in the face of somebody who knew more. So, you know, I I don't know that I don't know that anything that he said publicly is the smoking gun so much as what we know about what it looks like. You know what what is usually the motivating factor when it's a young white man committing violence especially if it's against people of color you know yeah no i guess it just goes to show that even us as like two pretty uh radical leftist dudes are like going out of our way to just be like well let's not jump to conclusions or whatever about no what no i will push people, I will, but no way i will push back on that here because the the reason that i'm chary about calling this terrorism before we have an explicit political goal is because as a leftist i'm incredibly concerned about the slide of the word terrorism yeah to mean any kind of any kind of mass violence episode you know um i it, right i think that that ends up reflecting uh i think it it ends up backlashing much more on the marginalized than it does on white people like it's i think it's worse for uh you know a, a person of color right. and a, a community of color or a, a religious community to be painted as terrorists because of an act of violence than it is to reserve a little bit of judgment right. about a white guy who you don't necessarily know if this was politically motivated. No, that's a good point. I guess you're saying kind of like how some people on the right try to sometimes be like, well, you know, who's terrorists? Black Lives Matter, you know, out Absolutely. there blocking yep. streets, you know, with their terrorism um, and yeah. things like that. I mean, that. we joked about we joked about Antifa super soldiers. You know, there's a whole bunch of MAGA hats who believe that Antifa are the terrorists when what they're out there doing is protecting their communities from people who actually commit this kind of violence. I'm not saying the guy didn't have political motivations. I'm I'm just a little wary about applying the term terrorism to any act of violence until we know what the actual motivation was. It's possible that he was just nuts. It's possible that he just wanted to blow things up, you know. Uh, we still don't know what motivated the by all accounts, by all investigations anyone's seen, otherwise completely normal, boring white dude who did the Las Vegas shooting. Yeah. You know, was that an act of terrorism? Was he committing 
Was he committing terrorism by gunning down a place that was basically full of people exactly like him? You know? Yeah. As as horrific as, as these acts are, I'm, I, I do worry about the the semantic application of terrorism to, you know, pretty much anything that happens that, that kills more than a couple of people. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, it is, it is just frustrating though, because I also, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I also hate that our society and our, and our politics have then just reserved the term terrorism to being like, Oh, that's when Brown people do it. And like oh, when, I when white agree. people do it, it's like, well, who knows what it is? You know, it's no, complicated. I, um, I absolutely agree. But when agree. brown people and do the, it, like we we got this figured out. <laughs> and it's not just it's not just when the brown people are the ones committing the act. It's also when brown people are the right. victims of the act. I mean, you can look at the way the New York Times has and, and the Washington Post decided to do a like hold my beer today. Yeah. Like paint the nicest picture of the of the bomber. You know, and then juxtapose that with how they reported on Trayvon Martin, you know, where they would have a headline that was like Trayvon Martin one time got arrested for having a marijuana cigarette. Right. You know, they were like, like quiet young not... man, all his neighbors say, you know, he was just yeah. the nicest guy and his Sunday school teacher, you know, said he was a, a real sweetheart, you know, what right. and that's what and that's a, th- that is a failure of news reporting because I think there is a way to get that information out, but frame it in the the context of everyone's actually super baffled like nobody who knew the guy ever saw this coming you know that's different from trying to make him out to be some sort of uh you know some some poor lamb lost in the wilderness that you know just ended up going astray yeah because clearly you know clearly what he did was horrific and it's it's good for you know it's it's good that he's been well that it's been stopped. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost see this as part of kind of a larger thing where with the, the school shootings with um, you know, with terrorism, with even the opioid epidemic where people are just saying like, you know what, like I'm done and I'm just gonna, you know, stop caring about my life and just do whatever I feel like. Right. Um, Even if it's horrible things. Um, But the craziest part is that Trump thinks the solution to that and a lot and a lot of Republicans, Trump's not alone, is that like the death penalty is the solution to all of our problems. Oh, as right. if people who are overdosing on heroin are going to be change their minds because they might be facing like the death penalty if they sell some heroin or whatever. As if as if big scale drug dealers don't face the threat of death every single day, you know? Like the right. being on death row would probably be the safest environment for anybody who's really involved in the drug trade <laughs> yeah. that they've been involved in for years and years. The high stakes illegal drug trade isn't generally considered like a safe job that you'd be like, whoa, the death penalty. Hold on. A fear yeah. of a risk of death. Now I'm not so sure no, if I should no, just keep dealing right. these millions of dollars worth of heroin illegally. No. And I, I think that there's ample research out there that shows that the death penalty does not serve as an effective deterrent. And um, really to any so, crime at all. No. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you we could go full like Duterte style yeah. and just execute everybody for anything. Um, 
you know, I, I guess if you that wanted is the Trump plan, to, to yeah. be fair, uh, that I guess I guess if you wanted, uh, you know, some kind of uh, corporal punishment, um, you could you could adopt caning like they do in Singapore. Like if you spit your gum on the ground, you know, because that's that's also humiliating. Uh, nobody wants to, you know, be yeah. caned in a public square. Well, yeah, I mean, I, dude, I you joke, but like I hear conservatives all the time talk about that, right? About how like right. well, when I was in school, they used to the nuns used to be able to beat you with a ruler, and kids were, you know, weren't shooting up the joint and stuff. So there's <laughs> right. definitely yeah, people that think that that's <laughs> a problem. Yeah, because that was the thing that was keeping kids from shooting up the joint, not you know ridiculous access to incredibly powerful firearms. Well, I mean, while while we're on the topic of the the death penalty, I mean, there there is some some regional news about this. There were uh, a couple of articles out this week. Um, one of them from Nebraska that the ACLU is raising objections to. Okay, so the <laughs> Wait, state the of ACLU Nebraska raising <laughs> objections to the death <laughs> raising penalty. Objections, yeah. Breaking news. Okay, yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> uh, there's there's been a problem. There's been a crisis in Nebraska for like a couple of years now where all of the all of the companies that they used to buy their death penalty drugs from have gone like whoa 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 like no we these are like indian companies where they're like oh uh, yeah we don't believe in the death penalty so we're just going to stop selling you all of these things uh so it's it's been a a problem for the nebraska penal system that they can't get their chemicals to do the the lethal injection cocktail um but Somehow, last year, they did get a giant batch of lethal injection chemicals. And now everyone's like, where did you get those? Because nobody's selling them anymore. Right. Or like, what even is it that you got? Right. Uh, is it the same as what you used to get or not? Um, and the governor of Nebraska, Pete Ricketts, was like, well, how about I don't have to tell you? It's a secret. <laughs> how about that? And they were like, how about that's illegal? Yep. Um, which it is. It, it's absolutely outrageous that our supposedly pro-life governor just loves the death penalty so much that he's willing oh, yeah. to break the law to try to do the death penalty. Well, he also, I mean, didn't he basically out of his pocket fund the entire referendum to overturn the, the death penalty abolition there he in Nebraska? One thousand percent did. So the, the Nebraska legislature passed a bill to abolish the death penalty, which, by the way, even before they passed the bill to abolish the death penalty, they hadn't executed anyone for over like 15 years because they can't freaking get the drugs right. to do it. Um, so they weren't doing it anyway. So they finally just said, ah, you know what? Let's just pass a law and say, we just don't do this anymore. It's not a problem that we can't get the drugs. Cause we're just not going to do that anymore. Cause it's not worth doing. Sure. Um, and then Pete Ricketts, the governor of Nebraska was like, well, that just won't do. I don't get to kill people <laughs> with illegal drugs. That's just, I can't accept that. Do you think that's the thing? I mean, do you think that it's, it's really like, he just he was mad when he took over the the governor's office that this was a power that he used to have and now he doesn't have it anymore. You know, I I wish I knew what personally motivates this dude to to love execution so much. I I really it it doesn't make any sense to me at all. This guy claims to be a Catholic. The Catholic Church is opposed to the death penalty. Absolutely. Um, like 
And by absolutely, I mean the Catholic Church is absolutely 100% opposed to the death penalty. Right. He claims to be pro-life. Executing people is not pro-life. He claims to be a conservative, a fiscal conservative. The death penalty costs a gajillion dollars. It saves no money. It costs extra money to do. It's not worth doing. And yet he paid millions of dollars out of his own pocket to override the bill that the legislature passed and get a referendum on the ballot to reinstate the death penalty and start importing illegal death penalty drugs. I just, it is unfathomable (laughs) to me other than this dude just has some sick death penalty fetish. It's, it's disturbing. Right. You know, what just occurred to me, you know, uh, Reddit just decided that they're going to crack down on any of the, uh, any of the exchange Oh. Or subreddits right. uh, in a, in in some categories, and there are things like um, in person sex work, uh, cigar like tobacco, alcohol, things that they th- things that they can't regulate uh, very well as a website, like that where the the state laws might be different and different, and they can't know how old and you know if minors are buying drugs or whatever. But what? What if the reason they actually cracked down on this was because the subreddit Darknet Markets was Pete Ricketts on there using a Reddit username buying uh buying death penalty drugs with like Bitcoin. Under underground death penalty drug <laughs> right. darknet trading or whatever. I mean yeah. dude is, is there a market for that? I mean, there must be because who knows how this dude got this. I mean, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And this is the type of thing where like if other governments we're doing this type of thing, we'd be like, this is disturbing. You know, they're like importing illegal, like chemical weapons of murder or whatever. I can't believe these governments are so brazen to, you know, do these, you know, obviously evil things. Uh, But no, this is like, gee, shucks, I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative, you know, pro-life guy. I just love importing illegal death penalty drugs. Yep. Just, just really love the death penalty. That's a thing that we absolutely need in, in Nebraska. Well, you know, what they could have done was take a page out of Oklahoma's book because they're going to, they're just, they're just winging it now. They're just, they're just going to try to figure out a, a different way to do this, which apparently involves putting someone in a sealed room and then filling it with, I think, nitrous oxide. Well, you know, Nebraska used to do the gas chamber as well before they moved to the lethal injection because didn't the Supreme Court or something or maybe it was the state court said that the gas chamber wasn't constitutional anymore. Yeah, it was was cruel and unusual. (laughs) Right. But yeah, no, bringing it back in uh, Oklahoma, huh? Yeah, yeah, apparently Uh, they're going to go with the the nitrogen hypoxia where you just are are in a room and occasionally... Or, or eventually, I guess, what, laugh to death? I mean, it's literally the Joker's yeah. fucking plan for killing people. <laughs> yeah, no, it it totally is. Um, yeah, they're like, they're like, we're just going to smile you to death or whatever with laughing right. gas. It's like, that's oh, yeah, a no, little it's, disturbing. It is, it is absolutely ghoulish. I mean, I think you and I are agreed that the death penalty itself is a ghoulish institution. But, I mean, to, to watch these people come up with you know creative new solutions to the problem as long as they can still do it is uh it's chilling it 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 chills me to the bone yeah and i mean i guess the only the only reason that you could like it is just because you just have to admit like oh i just love you know 
feeling that sweet, sweet revenge or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's what real justice is. It's straight up murdering people. Um, right. Yeah. And, because and there's, you even know, when the victim's families are like, please don't death penalty. They're like, oh, we don't care about you. We know what's best for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It speaks to your to an entire philosophy about what the legal and penal systems are supposed are supposed to be accomplishing. Yeah. And as far as the death penalty is concerned, it's obvious that it doesn't meet any of those goals except for the vengeance one. Yeah. And that's that's frightening. I mean, because, you know, the the referendum in Nebraska passed what we we looked it up one time, but it was say it was like 70, 30 or like 60, 40 or something like that. You know, it was like a large amount of people actually believe that that's a legitimate aim of the the criminal justice system. And that's very depressing. Yeah, I mean, I have to think that a lot of those people maybe are misinformed. You know, they think that it is an effective deterrent. They think that it is cheaper. You know, they think that it is better. I I mean, they don't come at it, I think, from a factual position. It's kind of an emotional position that I think of. But they don't necessarily know that it's mostly people of color and poor people who get who well, end up on death row. That might but be. That's actually, not a maybe thing they that, do. Right? Yeah, that's not a thing that would necessarily dissuade them. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I think we should have the death penalty, but it should be opt in. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Where if you're like you know in prison forever, and you're like, yeah, you know what, I'm done with this. Yeah, so that's, that's, that would basically be that would basically be like penal euthanasia. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, we could we could bring back like an elective, um, like death sports league. I've thought that oh, before. Yeah, not not conscript people into it, not make them do it, but you know, <laughs> just an if you wanted to, right? Yeah, I mean, know? no, I think, <laughs> I think I don't know how I feel about that, but I think it would be very popular. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I, I'd be able to. If it was just like yeah, prison pay per view, prison like gladiatorial episode. combat to the death, yeah, I think Absolutely. that would go over great. Yeah, I mean, just look look at how successful like Oz was back in the day, you know, and that was all fictional. You know, if if you saw that in real life, um, get Joe Rogan in there, you know, get him out of uh, like UFC retirement to to do the commentating. Um, yeah, I mean, this could be a going venture. Yeah. No, I'm sure we're only, you know, a couple presidential election cycles away from that being a position uh, on the right. <laughs> well, I mean, if we even make it that far, given that John Bolton's about to take over the National Security Advisor post, but maybe we ought to take a break. Oh. We can jump into some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. In my experience, eloquent men are right. Every bit as often as imbeciles. <laughs> Yeah, so I've kind of gotten tired of the Twitter, the weirdest or worst take that anyone's ever seen sort of thing. There's an account called Owen Cyclops. He's taking, I mean, this is like a combination of Pizzagate and like DSA stuff here where he's infiltrated DSA groups Oh. and is finding all of the memes that DSA like Facebook groups make about Passatism. That's where you own a Volkswagen Passat and you're like really into <laughs> no, it. No. no, no, there was a, there was a Central American socialist 
named Posada, his vision for socialism included a bunch of weird occultism and specifically like alien invasion stuff. Yeah. That story that was like Nazis or infiltrated by like Satanist Nazis. And they're like, hey, whoa, we're Nazis, but (laughs) this Satanism Nazis, this is too, it's too far. Right. Yeah. So this guy infiltrated their Facebook groups, infiltrated implying, you know, it's hard to like get added to a Facebook group. Yeah. It was like a months long campaign. Yeah. So quote, looking to break a huge story on international pedophilic elites connection to DSA, Democratic Socialists. Many have stepped forward to reveal an internal alien cult inside the organization based on harvesting adrenal glands from children. If you have oh. any information, my DMs are open. <laughs> I was with him and then I wasn't with him, and but then I was with him again at the end. I was like <laughs> pedophilia cult like i don't know and then he was like uh, aliens no no way but then he was like harvesting adrenal and i was like wait a minute no this all makes well, sense no, now. Uh, apparently the- it seems dumb to have to harvest adrenal glands when like you have intergalactic space travel like is that not getting you going anymore like just ride a roller coaster or like watch scream three right, or no, something apparently Come on. ingesting the adrenal glands gives them some sort of uh telepathy or <laughs> mental openness to being able to communicate with these uh, alien overlords. When I'm freaking out on adrenaline, I'm always feeling like really connected to everyone. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so open. DSA confirmed Posadas child harvesting organization. I mean, as we all knew. It, it all it all makes sense now. <laughs> Trump is literally some like Playboy model is literally like on CNN right now talking about how she had like a months long affair with Trump. Oh yeah. And so I was like, I wonder what Fox News is is saying. I gotta check this out. And Fox News's headline: Open relationship question mark with a picture of Bill and Hillary. <laughs> Clinton's had, quote, at least a one-way open marriage, says former pollster. (laughs) Like, that's their breaking news. Bill may have cheated on Hillary Clinton. Like, I know this is a shock to a lot of you guys, but we felt it. this is the time that we need to get this news, this new Uh, news out in front of you. That is outstanding. Man, it seems like there ought to have been an investigation at the time. I don't know why Obama didn't investigate him. This is a blatant witch hunt. I want a congressional hearing, at least, into, you know, Bill Clinton's possible infidelities. What's Ken Starr doing? Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't have a job for some reason. What's the last thing that he did? I can't even remember. (laughs) I do love how even Ken Starr is like, oh, Trump is fucked, though. Like, (laughs) this dude is totally boned. Oh, but you know what? He's not, though. I mean, he, he obviously isn't, because his followers don't care. Even if all of this stuff about the various porn stars and other hookups is 100% true. Right. His true believers, the MAGA hats, they're going to think that's cool. And you know what? It kind of is cool. Like, you can be rich and powerful enough that you get to sleep with a bunch of incredibly hot women. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. it's He's living the dream, man. Right. For his fans or whatever. But, yeah, I guess it's so crazy to me, though, that, like, I was just imagining today, like... I was like, man, these headlines are nuts. Like, I wonder what the headlines of, like, a year from now are going to be. And it's going to be, like... Trump says Sonia Sotomayor is a Mexican biased judge at right, his right. impeachment criminal trial or whatever. Absolutely. We'll talk, we'll discuss the controversy at 11. You know, everybody likes to dunk on Aaron Sorkin because the West Wing is so unrealistically naive about how politics actually oh, works. Absolutely. You know? The one that nobody ever brings up, you know, they bring up the newsroom, they bring up right. Studio 60 for like the 15 people who actually ever watched it. What they never bring up is he also wrote that 
that movie, The American President, where it's uh, Michael Douglas, who's the widowed president, mm. who starts dating Annette Benning, who's like the environmental activist. Yeah. And it shows all of the media outrage about... I wonder what Aaron Sorkin thinks when he watches the news about all this stuff breaking about, oh, you know, dude. sitting president cheated on his, like, supermodel first lady for years and years with a whole bunch of adult film actresses, paid some of them off in hush money, and half the country is like, eh. Literally on cable news going like, oh, he told me he, I reminded him of his daughter. It's like, yeah, uh-huh, no, yeah. <laughs> that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds totally, totally legit, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I'm not even joking. That is a thing that happened. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, totally. I wasn't reminding you. I was reminding, like, the future generations that, like, find this SD card in the ashes <laughs> or whatever. Be like, what are they... What are they even talking about? I can't even tell what's real and what's not. Right. Yeah, we're, we're going to make a, a time capsule and we're going to have to annotate the whole thing. Like, no, this is when we were making a joke. This is when we're reporting on a thing that was real. Um, <laughs> it's so but, hard to tell. But yeah, so we're recording on uh, March the 22nd. It's a Thursday. And I guess the Dow fell, what, like 700 points today? All over worries about... Yeah, it was. It fell by like 666 points for a while, and oh, I was nice. really excited. Really? I was like, what if it closes on that? Won't that be so perfect? But <laughs> it had to go even more. It was right? bummer. Somebody tweeted out that how bad this is going to be for... China is doing all of these retaliatory tariffs, agricultural products, and finished uh, industrial products and stuff was reading this news at work and some Trump supporting coworker of his was like, well, at least it's not a tax raise. <laughs> right. The funniest part about this crazy market is the economic fundamentals continue to be pretty strong. Like the Fed had their meeting today about interest rates and they were like, the economy's doing actually real great. Chug it along. You know, we're actually going to raise interest rates. The economy's doing so good. Sure. And then Trump is just like, let's start a trade war for no reason. And then the market tanks. It's like he's just determined to get himself thrown out of office now. He's like, oh, the only thing that's keeping me afloat right now is that the economy hasn't totally like taken a shit and he's like well we can fix that real quick let's get this taken care of now i i have no idea what he thinks he's doing well and i thought your observation on twitter was really good today when the dow is doing really well everyone's like this is the trump economy baby full steam ahead or whatever you know like right. choo choo hop on the fucking trump train and when it goes down, then they start parroting all of the same lefter right. talking points of, well, the Dow doesn't actually represent the economy. Well, right. <laughs> or they'll, they'll say idiotic things like, well, it's only down because Facebook's dragging it down. And they're like, that's not even on the Dow. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> Facebook is totally dropping like a rock because of all the shady Trump stuff that they're doing. And and that's, that's right. the craziest part is that they can't make that connection. And then Trump even went out and tweeted and he was like... They used to say Hillary Clinton had the best digital campaign, but they're not saying that anymore. Yeah, now they're saying, like, your digital campaign was up to some illegal ass shit. <laughs> right. That's what they're saying now, bro. Now that they've released that, who was that hacker, the the Guccifer 2.0 guy who was supposed to be, like, an, an independent hacker. You know, he was the one who hacked the DNC emails, and it turns out that he's actually, like, He's like a high-level official inside the the Kremlin uh, Secret Service or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, that guy's going to be dead any minute now, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they really need to put Roger Stone under protective custody at this point. They can let him bring his top hats and 
like Victorian morning garb yeah. and everything, but they need to put him in a in a safe house or something because that guy was the connection between Guccifer and the Trump campaign. Right. So I'm not even one of the uh, one of those people who's conspiracy theorizing about you know if if they figure out that there was big collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign, then everything's going down and like it turns out Hillary actually won the won the election, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Obviously, just yeah. insane fantasy world that you're living in but that's probably the clearest thing that has been released publicly that indicates that there was actual possible like illegal malfeasance on the part of the trump campaign because there's no way trump can distance himself from roger stone he loves the guy oh he could try i mean He'll try yeah, he could try i mean <laughs> the funniest thing about this uh cambridge analytica facebook company that you know republicans just funneled hundreds of millions of dollars into Paul Manafort was like on on or Steve Bannon rather was on the like board of directors for oh, it, great. but he's still going to try to distance himself from it. But the masters of distancing themselves because their CEO was on tape saying all this illegal stuff that they did to like rig elections, and <laughs> right. uh, they immediately were like, "Oh, he doesn't speak for the company. Like he those <laughs> he, <laughs> he he was not he doesn't share our values or whatever. It's like he's the CEO." He's the CEO. Of your company. <laughs> well, not anymore. Oh, we fired great. him 10 minutes ago. So you know that he did. <laughs> then that two years ago when he was caught on video saying this, he didn't speak for us, you know? Well, I mean, why not, though? Because it's working for the Republican Party right now. The ostensible head of the party is somebody that all of the underlings constantly are going like, well, his values aren't my values. You know, the. the <laughs> right. Uh, even even though I'm going to do everything he orders me to do and vote with him oh, every absolutely. single time doesn't really represent me. Well, or they'll go out and be like, even Trump himself is going out there saying like, the failing New York Times says that I'm trying to do a legal team shakeup. That couldn't be further from the truth. And then he like hires right. two new lawyers and then his head lawyer quits days later. Yeah, they, they did the same thing with the National Security Advisor. Right. There were whispers that they were going to shake up the National Security Advisor position. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders is up there going like, nope, nope, there, there's nothing like that. And then H.R. McMaster quits and it looks like John Bolton is in. You know, that's fun because I've always wanted to go to World War Three based on the advice of a guy who looks like a high school pre-calc teacher. Now, I was stunned because I thought for sure Trump previously said he couldn't work with John Bolton because his mustache was too ugly. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. I genuinely believe that rumor, by the way. <laughs> oh, that sounds like the exact type of thing that Trump would say for sure. But I oh, mean, yeah. now he's getting down to the, you know, he's getting through his list. He doesn't have that many people. And so now he's got to go get the mustache guys, you know, that he doesn't like that much. <laughs> and it's rough. You know, he's kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think for a guy who wears such ill-fitting suits, he is bizarrely focused on the way other people present. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if, if somebody started, like, dressing and acting like Trump, what he would say about that person? Like, <laughs> oh, he would hate him. Absolutely hate him. This guy looks and sounds like a complete buffoon, you know? What, is he, <laughs> what does he think he's doing over here, you know? 
You can imagine if Mike Pence or whatever just showed up. He's like dyed his hair and he starts doing the orange paint or whatever. Yeah, right. Start, starts wearing a bad hair piece and an ill-fitting, you know, his his tie goes down to his knees. Yeah. Yeah, he just dumps his wife, starts dating uh, some model who's like, hey, she's on the cover of Jugs this month. <laughs> right. Trump would be like, this is disgusting. Like, well, I can't believe this person. I can't work like this under these conditions. No lie, though. If Mike Pence did dump his wife and start being a, a total like public horn dog. Yeah. I would be like, you know what? Good for you. Maybe maybe you're maybe you're coming around a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Could you imagine? He was like, this is how I always wanted to be, but I just I didn't have the courage to do it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, President Trump, for really you've you've healed me. <laughs> That was quite the news dump on this Thursday. Uh, I think we ought to take a break and come back in with something. I don't know. We had we had a couple of topics we wanted to talk about, right? No, that was it. <laughs> we covered it all. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for t- no, no. Okay, we'll we'll see you in a minute. Former Playboy playmate Karen McDougal appeared on CNN Thursday night to talk about the affair she says she had with Donald Trump before he became president. McDougal says he tried to give her money after they had sex. Were you attracted to him? I was attracted to him, yeah. He's, he's a nice-looking man, and, you know, I liked his charisma. I think I love good, great posture. He's got great posture, and he was nice. Well, after we had been intimate, he, he tried to pay me, and I actually didn't know how to take that. Did he actually try to hand you money? He did. I don't even know how to describe it. The look on my face must have been so sad because I had never been offered money like that before, number one. But number two, I thought, does he think that I'm in this for money or why I'm here tonight? Or is this a normal thing? I didn't know. But I looked at him and I said, that's not me. I'm not that kind of girl. And he said, oh, and he said, you're really special. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm going through my Twitter feed right now trying to find something we could take out as a high note. Yeah, man, it seems like the high notes just get harder and harder to find. It's it's kind of sad. There's got to be something positive that happens. So here's my go-to. I usually go to uh, Reddit uplifting news section. Our okay. uplifting news. Right. I'm going to go top uplifting news from the past week. That sounds like it could be positive. There's not even that much good stuff here. So <laughs> look at these. These are so depressing. This is one of the top ones. 13-year-old's public rock museum was robbed. What? <laughs> so people offered donations and rocks from their own collections to this child. I mean, that's nice, but still, it starts with a robbery. I mean, it starts with a horrific robbery, and it's like, this kid's rock collection is ro- Like, what is this robbery other than just making kids sad? Right. His rock collection, it's not the Smithsonian. Like, they don't have the freaking Hope Diamond there. Right. Like, what are you doing? What are you robbing a kid's rock collection? He has a couple of pieces of, like, magnetite that he he picked up when his family went to, like, the Grand Canyon or whatever. (laughs) You know, the little, uh, make make yourself a bag of, like, six rocks for ten bucks or something like that. Oh, my God. These are freaking all depressing. Look at this other one. Teacher from Ghana who taught his students how to use Microsoft Word using a chalkboard gets some computers donated to his school. (laughs) Like, that is just completely depressing that they're like, well, we want to compete, you know, and get jobs in the global economy, but we've never been able to afford a computer. So we had to learn on this chalkboard. It's like, oh, that's terrible. Was he illustrating? Oh, yeah. 
like menus yes and things like that <laughs> yeah they have pictures of it and stuff it's actually great wow it actually makes me think oh maybe you actually don't need a computer to learn this like i would think that you would yeah but actually no i mean if you have this guy who's that good of a teacher he could be like look microsoft word it works like this this is what it looks like these are what the menus do and stuff yeah sure and just draws it all out you're never going to use more than about maybe 15 operations on this entire program right so, exactly you know, you know once you start using it then you can start dicking around with it and there right. are like big manuals that'll show you what all the all the different options are but that's not bad <laughs> once they got the computer and they just opened word they were like oh i didn't even need training for like you just type in the letters and then they just show up or whatever like it's, it's pretty <laughs> straightforward actually right yeah no that's true here's another one here's another one cast of stranger things cheers up a kid after his classmates fail to attend his Stranger Things themed birthday party. Oh, oh man. No, you're you're killing me here because honestly, God, one of the things that absolutely breaks my heart is just the thought of a kid having a birthday party and nobody shows up. <laughs> that is that is just the one of the worst, like cringiest like most humiliating things that I can think of is like a kid who nobody shows up at his birthday party. Nope. This is one of the most uplifting news stories of the week, Matt. I don't know if you've been right. paying attention. So, <laughs> so what did they do? Uh, what did they do to help him out then? They just like sent him some tweets that were like, we're the cast uh, of Stranger Things and, and we think you're Stranger Theme Things. God, that is the hardest sentence to say. <laughs> Stranger Things themed birthday party. No, it's tricky. Yeah, we think that's great. That's a great, that's a great idea. We love it. Hashtag ad. Yeah, I don't know. Man. I mean, it, it, it's not going to make you feel better. Well, that's great. Thanks for throwing some tweets my way, the cast of Stranger Things, but I was really hoping to have real life friends. Yeah, well, and it's also not like that bullied kid the Avengers reached out to and uh, Chris Evans was like, hey, do you want to come to the new Avengers movie premiere with me? And, yeah. every, you know, oh, man. athletes were reaching out and stuff. And then it turned out the kid was actually kind of a shithead. That yeah. Oh, be like sure. Yelling racial slurs at people and stuff. I guess the cast of Stranger Things are mostly kids, but there are at least a couple of people involved with that program who would have been like, right. hey, do you want to come to, we're going to have a Stranger Things like season two rap party or something. Yeah, I mean, you got to wonder. I mean, I remember when I was in school, dude, if anybody invited me to their birthday party, I'd be there. Oh, yeah. If you're like, I don't even like you, it'd be like, well, whatever, there'll be other people there. There'll be games there. There'll be cake Absolutely. there. Like, who there's, cares? There's cake. Who cares if you don't like the cake? At, usually you got some door prizes. You know, there was a little like goodie bag. It probably had some like candy and like little party toys and occasionally like, yeah. what are those things where it's like a half a sphere of rubber? Where you turn it inside out and then put it down on the table. Oh, the little, I call them like poppers or yeah. whatever. They're like little rubber things and you and you flip them inside out and then they like boing up into right, the air. Yeah. Oh, those I are mean, so those much are, fun. You can, like, you can do them off your head. You can do them off your cat's head, you know. Do them right on the edge of my finger. They go real far when you get them on something like pointy or whatever. Oh, probably more uh, concentrated force on that. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree, man. And like, I think as a kid also, I needed as many friends as I could get you know if i get invited to a birthday party i was doing that also as a well oh we're friends okay yeah that's that's cool <laughs> you did cheer me up because you know now that i know that it's his kid's own fault that his friends didn't go to his birthday party i feel a lot better about it thanks <laughs> dude this one's terrible too look at this this one is um mike pence's daughter wrote the book about the rabbit or whatever being like i'm the vice presidential rabbit 
let's learn about the vice president together. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard a little bit about this. And then John Oliver, like, released a parody of it. I'm the vice president's rabbit, and also I'm gay. And getting married to a boy rabbit. It ended up outselling the original one, right? Right. Then Mike Pence's daughter was like, oh, that's that's actually great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that you did this and that you're like raising money for these great charities. Okay. But that's, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess I should be happy. I yeah. don't know. I guess we just got to take what we can get this week. It has just been an absolute circus of, of a past week. and Yeah. These are all like... They're almost uplifting, but like not quite. <laughs> well, it, I mean, they're they're uplifting because yeah. something went wrong to begin with. We could just as well treat as our high note the demonstrations that are taking place in California right now because of the extrajudicial killing of yet another black man who was unarmed. I absolutely am standing with the people who are out there marching in the streets and you know, but it's all still kind of based on yeah. tragedy. On that train of thought, I did remember one that I was thinking of earlier this week that I was thinking would be a good high note. And it was I watched the trailer for this new documentary that they're making about Mr. Rogers. Oh, yes. Won't you be my neighbor, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Mr. Rogers, man, like that's some real uplifting stuff. Then I like watched some Mr. Rogers clips, but then I just started crying because Mr. Rogers was dead and it was just so sad. <laughs> Oh, sure. Well, in the, uh, I mean, the trailer itself, I mean, the, the replies to the trailer and also just anybody who has a heart's own emotional reaction. I mean, it is, it's tear jerking just watching this beautiful man be lovely to everybody. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely something that we needed. So, yeah, go watch some Mr. Rogers clips. Also, really, it doesn't have Mr. Rogers in it, but it's when they go to the Cran factory. Man, pff, that was so good. Oh, yeah. One of the things that really sticks out in my mind from being of the Mr. Rogers watching age, you know, just pure TV imagery is them making crayons and like wrapping the hot crayons as they came out. Oh, for out. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I read that they'd used yellow because they asked Mr. Rogers, like, what's your favorite color crayon? And he said yellow. But then I was like, I don't know about that, Mr. Rogers. Like, I'm with you on a lot of stuff, but come on. <laughs> yellow crayon. Everyone knows that's the weakest crayon, man. But that's just the kind of dude he was. He was like weak as crayon. Not to me. That's my favorite crayon. Now, white is the worst crayon. Not on the black uh, paper. That's pretty cool. It doesn't even show up. It doesn't. You have to. You have to just absolutely demolish your crayon <laughs> yeah, to true. try to get any kind of notable white mark on black paper. Oh, the white crayon gets all dirty because it like rubs against the other crayons and stuff too. Oh, yeah, it's just... <laughs> oh no, but you know, that's probably the better way to do it is to rub, rub it against other crayons and then you get like little swirly color patterns through the lines that you draw. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, one last thought on, on Mr. Rogers then. We're coming up close on yet another government shutdown. They're trying to pass this omnibus spending bill. I encourage anybody, and I'll drop this into the show notes description, to watch Fred Rogers' testimony in front of Congress in maybe the 80s. Yeah. Um, where he went up to, to testify in front of one of the budget committees and gives this beautiful speech on the importance of publicly funded arts and educational entertainment. As if anything else doesn't bring a tear to your eye, but uh, it's it's just one of the, the best, most impassioned, in his low-key way, most impassioned defenses of the importance of that sort of collective dedication to education and the arts I've ever seen. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think he did everybody a great service because next time they have this discussion about like cutting the arts, all they have to do is just wheel a, like a VHS tape of it out in front of it and just play it and people will be like, oh, never mind. What were we thinking? Absolutely. <laughs> that yeah, was, no. what, what a terrible mistake we were about to make. No, when uh, when CNN gets their whole election 2018 set, I don't want them to bring in another Will I Am hologram. I want them to bring in a hologram of Fred Rogers doing oh. exactly that speech. Oh, my God. They probably will now. That's exactly what the future we have to look forward to. I hope that in Ready Player One, there's like a Mr. Rogers uh, avatar or whatever. <laughs> the whole Mr. Rogers neighborhood gang, the the king and queen and all the people in that fantasy like puppet land. Oh, for sure. Dude, I'm in real life version of online virtual reality. That's going to happen for sure. That's going <laughs> to peeps are going to be doing that. I would rather live there than in the world that we existing right now i mean who wouldn't yeah no go see ready player one in theaters now <laughs> thanks thanks ready player one for sponsoring this episode <laughs> actually maybe don't go see it i heard it's maybe not going to be that great but i don't know i kind of want to see it just because I, I have to know for myself yeah i'm still irritated about the iron giant thing but other than that i don't really care that there's yet another piece of media that's pandering to the 25 to 35 year old white ex nerd guy that's just sort of status quo. You might as well take advantage of it. Just just go with it. It's it's going to happen regardless. You might as well. Just just let it wash over you. Look, if they're going to do an actual groundbreaking crossover event, I want a sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where we have all of the cartoon universes Damn. interacting with each other again. Man, I am literally stunned right now that people have not been posting Roger Rabbit memes in the greatest crossover meme. No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and tweet that immediately because that's one of those that I haven't seen yet. That legit is maybe one of the only crossovers that would rival this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So we uh we talked ourselves into actually some creative high notism there. I think. Yeah. No, that's nice. Although, man. Roger Rabbit, I mean, it's an amazing achievement, but also, whew, that movie, that movie is real creepy, man. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. I no, can't I, even I bring mean, myself is, to watch it as an adult. It's so... It's dark as hell. Like, the thought of showing my kids this movie and being like, yep. kids, look at this amazing work of art. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Please nope. don't. These guys just laughed themselves literally to death. This oh, guy is going to God. commit extrajudicial death penalty just in front of a bar full of people. Man. Oh, also, there's just a shit ton of smoking and drinking in yeah. it. Yeah. I think there is like a script for a sequel that never got made or something. So this will probably happen within our lifetimes. Right. I mean, they're they're really already scraping the bottom of the barrel for films that people have heard of. They're going to make this happen for sure. Cool. Well, we can only hope. In the meantime, you can watch for me on Twitter at Matt the Guade. I'm going to be making a, a whole bunch of roger rabbit jokes and you know you can follow the show at liquid underscore flannel if you liked this episode like and comment and subscribe and do all that silly youtube bullshit it actually does help and brendan where are you uh i'm at brendan williams with one l on twitter and maybe you can still find me on facebook if i haven't deleted my account out of disgust yet <laughs> just check and see yeah actually audience don't do that just go ahead and delete your account out of disgust as well i think that's the best move now that's the real um, high note there <laughs> delete facebook the true high note of the episode <laughs> you're welcome thanks for being with us we'll see you next week bye <laughs>